Why didn't Cheryl also call Veronica? I think because you only needed to tell one. They were all in the same place. That's true. Because if she had called Veronica, Veronica would have been like, um, Archie, can I yeah. talk to you for a second? And if she called Jugga, Jugga would have been like, I am an Jughead's the drama queen. I feel <laughs> anger this day. Something has negatively affected me and I need to push it on everyone else. <laughs> Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey and I am now a 23-year-old actor and filmmaker from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. If I were to have a vacation home, it would be in Banff, which is in Alberta and it's a really pretty mountain town that I've been to many times. Google it. It is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, B-A-N-F-F. My cat just carried his ball over here so that I would throw it for him to play fetch. Mm. So that's what's happening in my life. <clears throat> cool. Who, who are you? I am person. I am okay. complex human person, Katya. Mm. And I am life-size human person, Katya. My name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 28-year-old writer and TV critic from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass milfs and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. And if I were to have a vacation home, it would be um, on Maui. My family has mm-hmm. one on Maui, but I want like my own little like Brittany pad, you know? Yeah. And I want an indoor-outdoor pool. I may or may mm-hmm. not have thought about this a lot. Yeah. Like when I win indoor the lottery. Indoor pool for the win. No, it's indoor-outdoor, so, like, you can swim between both. Oh, she's fancy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I okay. Have, I have really thought about this. Uh. Today, we have words to say about episode 214 of Riverdale, The Hills Have Eyes, which is a terrifying movie, for the record. Yeah, The, the Hills Have Eyes was a 2006 American horror film about cannibals. I mean, wow, so, you know, the 100 okay, season five. Okay, the only reason why it's called this is because they're in the hills. Yeah cool i you know about this already but i would like to make an addendum to a previous um a previous statement that i have made Mm -hmm. so in uh episode 206 we were talking about death proof and it was with me you and Lindsay. Mm -hmm. and kevin had mentioned that he watches drag race and we thought oh who's kevin's favorite and our fun fact was her our favorite drag race yes. um or like our favorite drag queen and um at the time i think i had only seen to season four i think i said at the time yeah um and at this point i am nearly caught up and have seen all of drag race and at the time i said that tatiana was my favorite drag queen and um tatiana's still in my top five but she's number five and so i would like to make an addendum <laughs> and um and update people on who my favorite drag queen is Okay, tell everyone okay. who your favorite drag queens are. Go ahead and, like, heckin' Google them, friends, because you'll love all all five of them. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to interview you on this one. Are you ready? Okay. Yes, I would love okay. to. Thank you so much. Everyone's like, we don't care. That's okay. We'll get we'll get to talking about Riverdale. Leave us alone. Thank you. <laughs> but you should always care about drag queens. Thank you so much. Always. Thank, thank you. you. Okay. okay. Yeah. So, Robin, who is your number five drag queen? Well, as I said before, Brittany, um, I was a really big fan of Tatiana. She was in All or All Stars 2 and Season 2, and she was my favorite at the time, but now she is bumped down to number five, um, unfortunately. But, you know, there's so many drag queens in the world and from uh, RuPaul's Drag Race that I do think that that's still a really great position to hold. Absolutely. I think she would be honored. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think I hope so. <laughs> you tweeted that she'd be like, "Who are you?" Yeah. <laughs> Google okay. her. She's beautiful. She is one of the most beautiful people that's ever existed in or out of yep. drag. Yep, yep, yep. Who is your number four? Now this is a bit controversial between the two of us. Yes. My number four is a lovely person named Bianca Del Rio. And I know that that's your number one, Brittany. Yeah, she is the light of my life. Yeah, truly, truly just a wonderful human. I love that you're like describing her as wonderful as if she's not like Satan incarnate. Oh, yeah. I mean, but she brings us joy. Yeah. And I mean, she's Satan incarnate, but she's also like an absolute angel. Exactly. Who cares about everyone. She's just, you know, she's a brooding anti-hero. She contains multitudes. (laughs) She is a brooding anti-hero. It's hilarious. It's true. Bianca Del Rio is a brooding anti-hero. An essay. (laughs) Okay. Who is your number three? My number three is um, Miss Alyssa Edwards from the House of Edwards. I'm Alyssa Edwards. And uh, <laughs> I was about to say, and I'm here to make it clear. <laughs> I know you love me, baby. That's, that's why, why you brought, brought me here. here. <laughs> that's not true. That's not that's not her line at all. And but yeah, um, Alyssa Edwards secret. is just like, um, I don't even really meme. know like what adjectives to use. She's a meme. She's a meme. She is. Everything she does is just filled with, like, happiness. Every meme that you've ever seen from Drag Race is absolutely just going to be Alyssa Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's the one who doesn't have a chin. (laughs) Sorry, Alyssa. I'm saying this is as if, like, she'll she'll pay attention. I want to, like, I want to, like, Google (laughs) all these, because if people are Googling it, I want to see, like, what they see. Oh, yes. F it up, Alyssa. If you want a real treat, watch the Alyssa's Secret episode with Bianca Del Rio. Oh my gosh. That's my favorite episode ever of television. It's on YouTube. I just want to like either give a shout out to Google for when I put in B, it just goes to Bianca Del Rio, but I think it's just because it knows what I Google. It does. The computers are learning. For a second, I was like, oh, how did they know? Oops. Okay. Anyway. How did it know? Because the computers are terrifying, Robin. You're right. They're really scary. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, who is your number two? My number two is just um a... <laughs> is, she's, um, she's a whore. Everyone's favorite bisexual Russian prostitute. Yeah. Katya Zamolochikova. And Katya is an important drag queen because she's very open about mental health issues. And currently, she is on a break from drag because, Mm -hmm. like many of us, she struggles with a number of mental illnesses and addiction, and she's just taking care of that. And she's a really important human being to a lot of people. Yes, and we support her, although we do miss her very, very much. And we do hope that, um, we're hoping that maybe once AS3 ends, she'll like maybe draft a tweet to say congratulations or something. I don't know. (laughs) So you haven't thought about Uh, this at all? No, this is a thought I'm just thinking up right now. And so your number one is clearly the winner of All Stars 3. I mean, that's what we're hoping for. And you know what? We'll, we'll keep you updated, friends, because by the time the next episode comes out, we'll know who wins All Stars 3. But we're really rooting for um, our girl, Trixie Mattel. Hell yeah. She's my number one for sure. She is a Barbie. Hum- uh, humiliation personified is how, is how she likes to... Uh, um, identify. Wow, that's literally what she is. Yeah. She is in it as just an embarrassment of a person. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, she looks like a Barbie doll. And um, literally everything she does uh, is just like um, a treat. Thank you. She's exactly your sense of humor. Ah, that like how- complete dry wit. <sighs> yep. Well, I'm glad that you've cleared this up. Yeah. Did you like super quick give yours? Because I know that we have the exact same top four, but in different order. Oh, yeah. Mine's Bob the Drag Queen, Alyssa, uh, Trixie, Katya, Bianca. Mm-hmm. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. But um, Google Bob the Drag Queen and then just bask in her glory. I'm, I'm checking to see what we got when we look up Bob the Drag Queen. Yep. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, walk into the room purse first. She's like literally been ca- championing for LGBT rights like since she could walk. Yeah. 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 All right. Good tangent. Good tangent. Good drag race tangent. Yeah. Um, now that we are like 10 minutes into the podcast, um, let's actually talk about Riverdale. Whoa. I know everyone really cared about that conversation, but we, we, front, you know like, what? Here's where you skip to to talk, to talk here's about the, Here's the thing. It's our show and not yours. <laughs> So we talk about what we want. Thank you so much. Uh, I hate you. Yeah. Because it's our show and yeah. not yours. If you really want some joy, go ahead. Also, we're not we're not being mean. Yeah, we're not being mean. She, that's it's a, a reference. Yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead and go on YouTube and search up Trixie and Katya and change your life today. Thank you. Get your life right. Thank you for, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you want to talk about some murder teens now? I do want to talk about some murder teens. So I kind of split this into the Kevin, Josie, Cheryl storyline and Mm -hmm. then everything else. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. So let's start with uh, that. So uh, Penelope is still at it doing her her thing. And she's like, you ruined my relationship with Hal. And she's like, oh, no, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Like, did you really think he was a catch? Yeah, and she's like, well, you've never known love, Cheryl, and um, and she calls her an anorexic. Yeah, this episode's uh, casual use of many, many effed up slurs was um, questionable. Oh, questionable. Yeah, questionable. A little bit. Okay. You know how sometimes you can just tell a man wrote an episode? Ah, yep. Um, we have Moose and Kevin, and Kevin's like, hey, do you want to come to Love, Simon with me? And he's like, oh, I'm going with Midge, but you should come with us. So I have a question for you, though. Yes. How much money do you think the CW got to promo the movie Love, Simon this much? <sighs> Here's my thing is it's like, this is like, listen, m- most of the shows I watch are like set on an island or in a post-apocalyptic universe. So, like, uh-huh. I don't really watch, hardly ever watch shows that take place in, like, actual modern life. And so, I don't know if this happens in, like, other TV shows where they so blatantly bring things out, but, like, this was nuts. Um, like, this was, like, crazy big. Like, this was, like, let me shove it in your face. Like, obviously, this is a great, sh- a great movie and a, a huge deal and, like, people like... Kevin and everybody would love this movie. I haven't seen it, but I'm sure they would. But like, this was just, this was a lot. This is pretty par for the course for network television. I mean, I mean, actually, it might be an extreme example. Yeah. Um, but they used to do stuff like this. And this is what I loved about 30 Rock is whenever they would have really obvious product placements, they would actually break the fourth wall and have the characters talk to the screen. Uh, and like the joke would start to get more and more insane until you get to the end and like Liz is like looking at the screen going drink Snapple uh, so like when you're aware of it and they're aware of it it's really funny but with mm -hmm. this whole like Love, Simon thing it's like they built the entire B plot of this episode around promoing a movie yeah that's that's a long way to go 
Yeah. So I don't know. It made me a little uncomfortable just knowing that they were kind of pandering. It was very jarring. Yeah. But he's like, yeah, you should come with. Like, Midge knows all about us. She's very open-minded. Everything's good and everything. And I'm like, oh, I love this polyamory plot. And then, like, later it's like, actually, she doesn't know. <laughs> just kidding. Denise was just lying. And I'm like, oh, okay. Why lie? Why lie? I, d- I have no idea. Is, just- is, is he... Okay. I mean, my, my only thought is just that maybe he was trying to uh, get Kevin to, like, let it slip or something. Or, like, just putting Kevin near Midge so that he could find an easier way to tell her. Like, obviously, he's struggling to tell her. But, like, if Moose hadn't told her, then the worst thing that he could do is have Kevin assume that he did. Because Kevin would talk about things openly and casually with no clue that he wasn't supposed to. Well, that's why I think that Moose, like, secretly, he, like, really wants Midge to know, but he doesn't Mm want to tell her. So I think that by Kevin being like, oh, yeah, I remember that time we hooked up or whatever. And Midge going, what? Moose could be like, oh, now I have to tell you. Like, the, the choice is away from him, I guess. And then he'd chicken out. Yeah, he would chicken out if 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 it, if he wasn't forced into it, I guess. Okay. That's my thought. I don't know. But that's not fair to put Kevin in that position. Like, it should not be someone else's responsibility to help you come out if you're not asking them directly for it. Yeah. Like, so- if someone asked me, can you help me come out? I would be there... In a second. Yeah. But if someone tricked me into doing that, that would that would borderline end a friendship. Look at Jake Peralta in the heckin' bisexual storyline for Rosa Diaz on exactly. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Jake is the best ally in that episode. Yep. Yeah. And he like, he says, when he says something ignorant, he's like, wait a minute, I am literally mansplaining you how to come out. Like, he is the best dude in the whole world. And so like Moose is- No one expected Jake Peralta to be the ultimate feminist. No one expected this, but he is. If you're not watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, what are you doing? You you gotta watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You gotta. There's, there's few shows in the world that are as pure, but also take on the same social issues. I also want to recommend One Day at a Time for the exact same reasons. And it's so funny. Oh my god, yes. It's so funny, and the characters are all wonderful, and, like, most of the main characters are people of color, and, like, we've got queer characters. It's a great show. I don't know why this is just, like, queer characters played by queer actors. Yes, become, somehow this has become (laughs) Robin and Brittany talk about Riverdale, but also promo other TV shows, which I think is totally in the theme of them, like, just, like, shoving Love, Simon down our throats. Oh my god, we stayed on brand by accident. Uh, So we're going to continue to um, just bring up shows we like, I guess. Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored, but would love to be sponsored by (laughs) Brooklyn (laughs) Nine-Nine. That would change my life. Thank you. No, I'm going for L'Oreal, man. I want that free makeup. Oh, all right. All right. It's CoverGirl, is it not? We haven't seen any CoverGirl this season, question Oh, is it CoverGirl? It was always CoverGirl. Oh, my bad. Embarrassing. Now we're really not getting that sponsorship. (laughs) So... Kevin's like, okay, well, never mind. I guess he, you know, he just doesn't want to go with Midge. I don't know. I feel like there's a nicer way. Like if it really did feel like they were bringing, trying to bring in a polyamory plot. And, um, but Kevin literally was like, um, no thanks. And I'm like, there's a way to be more kind about that, but cool. I think it wasn't so much they were trying to bring a polyamory plot as like, they didn't know what to do with the Moose and Kevin plot. Right. I don't know. Honestly, like, during Pops, when she was just like, hey, do you want to come sit with us? And we're still thinking that Midge knows about it. I was just like, are they trying to proposition him for a threesome? Oh, you know what? That's fair. That's what it felt like to yeah. me. I was like, okay, is this what's happening? Why are these kids having so much sex? But, I mean, okay. Uh, but then, then it totally wasn't that. I don't know. 
You're right. No, you're totally right. Which is the only time you'll ever hear that. <laughs> I don't think that's true <laughs> at all. That's not true at all. So Cheryl has just called Jughead and Tony comes in and, you know, Cheryl's just one of those girls who likes to watch the world burn, which I can relate to. Yeah. I mean, if it was me, I'd like like to be there when they found out so I could watch the fight, but whatever. Wow, you are an evil fuck. I, listen, <laughs> I would never do it, but it'd be cool. You're like, I can't help it. I'm Slytherin. I'm a Slytherin. I'm a Slytherin. I, I just think I, it'd be good my content. all have excuses. I don't need a reason. I'm Cheryl Bombshell. Okay, can we talk about how Cheryl is still referring to herself as Cheryl Bombshells if that's not the corniest thing in the entire world? That's really embarrassing, honestly. If I walked up to someone and was like, I'm Britney Bombshell, they'd be like, you're what now? (laughs) (laughs) That would go on Twitter in a second. I just feel like that's so embarrassing. Like, she's like, oh, you're new here. Let me introduce myself for the very first time. This is my first impression. This is my real name, but what you should call me is this dumb nickname that that makes me sound really egotistical. It's like, it's literally every dude in a movie who doesn't like his name, so they're like, but my friends call me this, and someone's like, I'm not gonna call you that. <laughs> but my friends call me, uh, call me Chip. <laughs> so you should also call me Chip. And he's like, <laughs> no, I'm gonna call you Kevin. Friend in the background's like, no one calls you that, Chad. I'm gonna call myself Brady Bombshell from now on, the old double B. Please don't. We're not friends. Yeah, I'm going to do it, though. I'm going to change my... I'm totally changing my Twitter URL to that, too. Can you do it right now? Britannia Bombshell? No, because I don't want to lose my... That would ruin every other podcast we've ever made. Do you know what... No, but I've actually actively been trying to get Britannia with no underscore or Britannia's with an S, and I cannot get it for the life of me. They're they're empty accounts. Oh. I know. Can you, like, hit up Twitter about that or what? I don't know, man. I just, like, I really think that I have really hard problems that are really relatable to a lot of people. Yeah, I really think that um, that's not a first world problem at all. Hey, I just want to point out that remember when I said, you know, how you know a dude wrote an episode? Yeah. I was right. Uh, Did you look it up? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it's true. But, okay, so... Tony's here and she's saying listen it seems like you're clearly in pain and she like touches her arm and she says she 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 calls her sapphic serpent her her sapphic serpent hand and I'm like well that's exactly what it is and also you know how I know a dude wrote this episode (laughs) no like only gay women say sapphic and it's in a good way if someone's Mm -hmm. using sapphic as a slur that's a dude Uh. And also, that's really unacceptable to do. Yeah. Because this isn't trying to, like... I mean, okay, let's reserve judgment. Like, mm-hmm. I'm prefacing by saying I need to reserve judgment about this. But if that's Cheryl's internalized homophobia, yeah. she needs to address that with Tony. And she and she does, I think. Well, not so much, like, that as just her general attitude. I don't know. I just feel like something about that rubbed me the wrong way, and I couldn't tell you what it is. Okay. My... <sighs> I'm having issues with Tony and, and Cheryl, and I know that a lot of people ship them, and I ship them too, but genuinely, mm-hmm. I really, like, I cannot truly ship this until we address that thing that happened with Josie. Yeah. Cheryl sent her a pig heart. Yeah. No one's talking about how she, like, 
set up Chuck and like sent her these creepy drawings and everything. Like, I, I mean, well, Tony, Tony's the type of character to be like, I'm chill. I'd love to be in a relationship with you. It's going to be a nice, wholesome relationship. And like Cheryl is not the person to have a wholesome relationship with. Like I that's too much drama for her. There, we've talked about this before, but like this time it's not really a joke is... Cheryl doesn't have a base personality because her personality changes from episode to episode. Yeah. So that Cheryl is like crazy unhinged Cheryl. Mm -hmm. And then last episode was sort of soft scheming, but still like lovely Cheryl. Yeah. And then this episode is sort of ruthless, slur throwing, and then vulnerable Cheryl. And like, not all of them come together in a cohesive character. I would love so much to talk to Madeline or Madeleine or however however she pr- pronounces her name about how she feels about this and how she justifies Cheryl's behavior. Yeah, because I mean... That would be so interesting to me. There's some things that Cheryl's done that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like the pig heart thing, Cheryl should low-key like, the police should be involved with that. That was that was like an all-time low for her in terms of like sanity. And like she hasn't been seen with Josie. So Cobalt. <laughs> How did dare. You hear that? Yeah, I did. Don't eat plastic. Don't eat plastic. Don't eat don't eat don't eat plastic. Well, now that we're alone, um, I would just like to say, uh, don't eat plastic. That's something that we've learned this episode. And what? uh what? I'm back. Oh, cool. Um, my son was eating plastic, so yeah. I had to stop that. Right. PSA. Sorry. Don't eat plastic. You're a friggin' moron. Yeah, you. Okay, continuing on. Um, you were talking about uh, how Cheryl hasn't really been seen with Josie since then. Yeah, like, where's the resolution of that relationship? Those two had, what? like, a weird massage thing happening in the next episode, but then nothing ever happened past that. Which makes no sense, because... Josie doesn't have much of a plotline right now other than fighting with Ronnie. It really feels like her mom has more of a plotline than she does. She does. And I think that a relationship with Cheryl would give Josie something even more to do. Yes. And honestly, like, as much as I don't really like him, I was really interested in her relationship with Chuck. Oh, yeah. I wanted to see more of, like, exploring everything about that because, you know, Chuck is kind of a hard to redeem character, but it seemed like they were trying to. Yeah, they were on their way to redeeming him for sure. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, you know, as garbagey as he is, I'm interested in seeing like what happened to him after he was um, um, accused of of what Cheryl ended up doing. Yeah, because I mean, for all we know, he's in prison or has been expelled. Like, does he still go to Riverdale High? I don't think we've seen him since. Wait, didn't Archie wrestle him? Yes! Yes, he did! What happened, so, Chuck? I'm so interested in knowing what happened to him. Oh my gosh! Clear, I, the new I year the happened and we like, ignored him. <laughs> the writers can't keep track of everything that's oh going on, so they just gave up. That, that's what we're here for. And we're saying, hey, yeah. fix it. I want to know. And they're like, we don't listen to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they should. We bring out the tiny details. Yep. Yeah. Um, the next scene that we have is Sierra and Tom Keller flirting, and we didn't know, we didn't realize that Josie knew about the affair, but she did. Uh, she knows now. I mean, it'd be kind of hard to miss. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we thought when we watched the trailer, we were like, oh, Josie's gonna figure it out, she's gonna catch him, and then she shows up and she's like, oh, hey guys. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry, it's chill. 
And so she's like, oh, I wish dad knew. And she's like, oh, good news then, because he does. And oops, we're going to get a divorce. And she's like, what? And she's sad. And um, I mean, she had to have seen that coming. Yeah, exactly. If you know your mom's having an affair, like what? What hope do you have? But there's always like that hope that it won't happen to. But Keller hasn't told Kevin or Kevin's mom, who we know is in the army, but I can't remember. I feel like she didn't have a name, but I'm going to check just in case. While you check, can I go pee? Because I actually really have to pee. Yeah. Um, I checked the wiki. It says unnamed mother. So she does not have a name as of right now. Way to go cheating on a soldier, by the way. Yeah. Real Um, winner here. uh, Josie goes to talk to Kevin, and he's like, yes, I'm directing the musical. And we're like, cool. Looking forward to it. Um, (laughs) Wait, uh, isn't that Carrie the musical? Yeah, it will be, yeah. Okay. And uh, so now Kevin's mad at his dad, and and he's like, you're dating your boss. And he's like, former boss. And I'm like, okay, but she was your boss when you were dating her, okay? But also, like, you know, Hermione did it first. True. I want to give a shout out to the director for this blocking of the scene. Because mm-hmm. one of the main things when someone's mad at another person is you got to see who, like, the levels, like, who's a- above, uh, like, physically above the other person. Because, you know, I was th- I was watching it and I was like, why isn't Keller standing up? Like, why isn't he being like, Kevin, I- I'm your dad, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. It's because, first of all, he was, like, blocked that way because Kevin is supposed to be above him right now. And also, you know, then I made sense of it being like... He's ashamed mm-hmm. for not telling him. Anyway, I just liked that. And it's like, it's a more vulnerable angle. Yeah. Yeah. Sierra is telling Josie that telling Kevin was cruel. And she's saying that he deserved to know because maybe he, he can save his parents' marriage or whatever. And she's like, it wasn't up to me. Like, the choice was taken away from me. And now the choice has also been taken away from them. So, bad. How do you feel about this? In what respect? In just terms of like... The justifications made by the adult characters for why the chil- the teen characters made the wrong choices. I mean, it is a moral quandary. Yeah, exactly. Because if I'm Josie, I'm thinking if I was... It's like what Cheryl did. I believe it was mm-hmm. last episode. She said, I told... Like, she made a, yeah. da- a, she made a deal with Hal mm-hmm. saying that sh- if he leaves and doesn't come back, she won't tell Betty. But she decided that Betty... Like, if she... If it had been her... She would have have she would have wanted to know. It'd be nice if I could talk. Do you want to do um, that again? No, because I don't remember what I said. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like Josie probably thought not only is she angry with her mom, but also if she were Kevin, which she is kind of in the same sort of mm-hmm. position, she would want to know. But I do also agree that it wasn't her place to make that decision. I don't yeah. know. I think like obviously it's not a black and white issue. This yeah. issue will always be complicated. But yeah. to me, because Josie didn't have the information and because her mother didn't choose to share any of the information that Josie, like, kind of has a right to because, you know, it's her parents, it's her life. I, I can't fault Josie for doing what she did because having had a parent cheat on another parent, um, I know that in my situation, I would immediately do something about it if I had that information. What would you have done? I would have done exactly what Josie did. You would have told the other? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it really depends on if you've been there or not or if you've um, had a parent who's done that or not. Mm-hmm. But 
for me, even though I, I kind of understand the sort of justification at the end of the day, when you're growing up and when you're a teenager, you and your parents' relationship really starts to change. Yeah. And I think that Josie and her mom have a severe power imbalance in their relationship that goes beyond parent-child. Yeah. And that Josie and Kevin both had, you know, they kind of had a right to know what was going on with that, considering their parents are, you know, big old cheaters. Like, how much longer do you think they were going to carry on the affair? Like, do you think they were actually going to ever say something? Oh, you think like... You think that in the back of their minds, they were thinking, oh, you know, it's just a fun thing for a bit and it'll end eventually. And then they decided it was being it was a little too serious to. I know th- what I think is I think the guilt kept them quiet and they wanted to see how long they could push it until it blew up in their faces. Oh, and no matter what, it was going to blow up in their faces. Cheating always has bad consequences. There will never be a thing where cheating goes well when it comes to relationships. And we're talking about cheating We're talking about cheating when you're, like, in a monogamous relationship where both of you have made the decision that you are monogamous. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, when you're married like that, you are. That's one of the promises that you make when you get married. So, like, for me, even though I can see why they would be upset that their relationship without it was outed, I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them. Because, you know, if you're having trouble in your marriage, get divorced. Yeah. Don't cheat. Yeah. And, you know, Josie's mom was obviously taking those steps, but she hid it from Josie. And I I give her a little bit more leeway because she took the proper steps in order to at least try and soften that blow. Sierra, you're talking about? Yeah, Sierra. Yeah. Because, you know, she'd at least, you know, they separated and, you know, so she gets points for that, essentially. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're still being unfaithful and lying to your kids. Yeah. And that's not cute. No. So I don't know if if I were Josie, I probably would have done the exact same thing. And even though it was later explained to her that what she did was a little extreme, I couldn't, I can't blame her for doing it. I've never been in this situation, but I feel like if I were to be, which I won't be (laughs) in my lifetime, so it's fine. But the way that I sort of would probably go about it is I would go to Sheriff Keller and say, I believe that Kevin deserves to know. And if you're not going to tell him, I will. I like that too. That's a power move. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay, moving back into the story. Yeah. So uh, Kevin is at Pops. And we sort of talked a little bit about this as well. But I also want to shout out to Casey, who plays Kevin, who is like, I'm about to eat my burger. Oh, never mind. I won't eat my burger. Definitely for continuity reasons. It's a very good way to get out of eating repeatedly. Yeah. Also, one of the things that I thought about in this episode was every time that we're at Pops and someone like has an actual direct connection with like another person who works at Pops, I think, what is that person's relationship with FP? Are they friends? Do they talk? What do they talk about? I just I just care about FP's work life. I'm just going to say, you just want to know everything about FP. Yes, I would like to know. Thank you. You are very transparent. Yes. So Moose and Midge show up and I, I feel for Kevin, but also this part is hilarious where she's like, are you here by yourself? Or like, are you here with someone? And he goes, nope. <laughs> I'm all nope, alone. I'm here by myself. And he gets asked that like four times this episode. And it's like, you know what? Thank you so much for reminding me. Yes, yes, I am here alone. Thank you. 
So she's like, oh, come sit with us then. And he's like, okay, sure, whatever. But he's like, yeah, no, I don't really have a date. And she's like, oh, we have to find you somebody. Which is like very clear that, especially after, okay, so they start talking about fangs, basically. Because mm-hmm. um, she said, I hear one of them's gay. And um, so that's such a straight of, person thing to do. That's such a straight person thing to do. And also like, I love how they're like, yeah, fangs is gay because he and Kevin shared a prolonged look. Yeah. So, boop, that's the one we know. Yep. But also, I love how they're like, yeah, um, Fangs dates dudes, I guess. Oh my god, someone write a Fangs Joaquin fanfiction. Thanks. Okay, that was the thing that cracked me up, was they were like, um, I wouldn't date him because his name is Fangs. I'm like, your former boyfriend's name was Joaquin. Yeah, and also, like, he's like, yeah, me and Joaquin were friends. And I'm like, friends. Be like, mm-hmm, yeah, all sure. The, all the gay serpents have dated each other, I'm sure. Oh my god. Probably, actually. And that once is again, usually how it goes. Let me bring this up where the fact that he's like, yeah, Joaquin was my friend, so he left and he was like, Fangs, get on that. Like, how did this happen? I don't know. What a freaking bro, though. Well, they probably text about it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and so um, he's like, Moose is like, yeah, no, whatever. He's a good looking dude. And, Moose, and Midge is like, oh, well, how would you know? And Kevin's like, all righty. Okay, but what if we just normalize dudes saying that about other dudes? Dude, seriously, if somebody said, if like a dude was like, that guy's a good looking dude, I'd be like, true. Yeah, exactly. You're right. It's like, it's like a girl going, oh my God, you're so pretty. It's like, you can say those things. (laughs) Could you imagine some girl coming up to you and saying, oh my God, you're so pretty. And her friend being like, how would you know? Yeah. Are you a lesbian? (laughs) You sapphic serpent. You sapphic serpent. Like normalized dudes being able to compliment other dudes to K-18. Mm-hmm. But and you know, so, in Moose's case, his ass, his ass is by, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, well, how, how'd you guys become friends? And and Kevin's like, we were lab partners. But, like, it's funny that at the beginning of the se- of season one, he was like, Moose was like, I'm Kevin's lab partner because I'm experimenting. Indian. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so Penelope... <laughs> Penelope's still doing stuff and Cheryl is watching from her window. Uh, They're at the movie and Josie's apologizing to Kevin because it wasn't her place to say. And then they decide to sit together, which is nice. Um, Tony and Cheryl are hanging out. She's like, why are you stalking me? And she's like, I'm not. I was supposed to see this movie with fangs. I think it's funny that Kevin's like, Moose, um, you're also queer. See this queer movie with me. And fangs was like, "Uh, Tony, you're also queer. Come see this queer movie with me. But that's how it be. Yeah. It's like, Robin, you have to watch this. There's gays in it. Robin, you have to watch this. Someone's ace. And it's like, yeah, that is how that is how we talk. What what's going on over there? I keep hearing like um um tapping on your end. Oh I sorry I was fiddling with my pop socket. Ah I didn't even know I was doing it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, that's okay. I was just like, is something happening? No, I was, it's like that knee jerk sort of like, yeah. you don't know what you're doing, so yeah. you need something to do with your hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you think that Fangs bailed? What's he doing? Is he hanging out with the P? Where is the P? He wasn't <laughs> even Fangs, mentioned. Where Fangs is he? Fangs bailed because he was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. Uh, he was like, actually, I watched the trailer and it's uh, it's too um cute for me. Tony wanted I, to go uh, and Fangs was I like, I like badass nah. things. Yeah. I think it's so interesting that, like, literally everyone in the town is just like, hey, there's a new movie playing. Let's all go. You know, to the one movie theater. The Bijou is massive also. That trailer was huge. Or that that theater was huge. They have one theater, two high schools, and one restaurant. I I can't. I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I can't make sense of what this. What is the ge- what is the geography of Riverdale? What's up with the weather? Is Please this help even us. on planet Earth? <laughs> um. So she's like, are you okay? And she's like, no, I'm not okay. Things are bad. And so they're going to sit together as well. So now they're going to watch the movie. And like, I'm trying to think of like, it reminded me of of a thing where it's like they actually have a clip of the actual movie in the show. When's the last time is, I saw something? Do I've that? never seen that before. I feel like I have, but oh, it's the it's the reality shows on Big Brother. They'll be like, oh, this competition is sponsored by this, and then they'll be like, also the winner of the competition can bring four of, of the other house guests to watch the to watch the movie, and then they'll have clips of the actual movie. That's what it reminds me of. But like, that's very clearly like, here is my product placement. I've never seen this happen in an actual drama drama show. I I can't think of one. I'm sure it has happened before, yeah. but I can't think of it. <sighs> wow. It's um, pretty blatant, but you know, so, now I know what so Love blatant. Simon is about. Yeah. And Jennifer Garter's getting money. It's not playing in any of the theaters near me. So I can't go see it, but I wanted to. I wanted yeah. to like go and um I wanted to uh what's the word? Hold, please. Is hold. I wanted to contribute to their their first weekend sales so that they could be like Look, this this movie about queer people, this like actual mainstream movie about queer people, it is doing well. But it wasn't playing near where I am, so I couldn't. I mean, so that advertising clearly worked on you. But that that was way beforehand. Oh. Like way before the, the show aired last night. Oh damn. Cause like they gave the trailer and like everyone was like, oh my gosh, look at this is great. Like we want everyone in the industry to know that like we care and that we want this movie to make money and that we want mm-hmm. them to make more movies like this. And so I was like, yes, I would love to contribute to that. But alas, rural oh, Alberta. <laughs> rural Alberta. Yep. Um, oh, why do you live there? Um, Cause this is where I was born. <laughs> Any other questions? No. Okay. So Josie and Kevin sit down with their parents and they're saying, you know what? It's okay. This is going to be a long and important talk. So let's have it. And that's great. And you're like, oh, they were inspired by the movie. Better go see it. Okay. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, Tony and Cheryl are together and Cheryl cried in the movie and she's like, I don't need to cry during films. Life is tragic enough. And I'm like, oof. Is that, is that true though? Okay, bud. Um, she knows she's very self-aware. She knows she's in a movie. She's in a TV show. Um, I feel like at all times she knows. That's why she always has zippy one-liners ready. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I also wanted to point out that Cheryl has a strawberry milkshake and Tony has a chocolate milkshake. Wow, the symbolism. Yeah. Um, she's saying, I'm not a monster. I loved someone and it was destroyed by my mom. And she's like, oh yeah, your brother. And she's like, no, no, her name was Heather. She was my best friend. We would have sleepovers all the time, but we slept in the same bed. And then my mom got mad and Tony's saying, she's, she's wrong. Holds her hand, says that she's a good person. She's sensational. Go, Brittany, go. Okay. So first of all, I loved this. Yeah. Second of all, I think retroactively, this could explain a lot of the inconsistencies in Cheryl's character. Mm-hmm. Um, because if she's really struggling with not only the death of her brother and the death of her father and having a horrible mother, she yep. also has been forcibly closeted this entire time. Mm-hmm. It could explain a lot of like the up and down and just sort of the bizarre way that Cheryl is. But at the same time, I don't want them to use her queerness as an excuse for her cruelty. Right. So I'm really of two minds here, but I do know that I'm really excited that Cheryl seems to be getting a really meaty plot line that's going to mean a lot to a lot of people, including myself. 
Yeah. And I'm going to be interested to see how, how like, she identifies. Yeah. Because you know we mean? have seen her be attracted to men in the uh, previous episodes. Mm-hmm. For example, Archie. Yeah. Um, but also, when she was attracted to Archie, it was like... There was a level of incest there. Yes. And also, it was like um, she needed something from him. Yeah. Some people are saying that this has been, like, in the works from the beginning. I, I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, I can't see that being true. Yeah, because they're like, oh, well, you know, Betty and Veronica kissed in front of her, and she, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think this was a new development in season two. Um, I think the CW was looking to increase, or the Riverdale was looking to increase their queer viewership, and this was the way they did it, after yeah. the disastrous things that they did with Betty and Veronica. Yeah. Are you moving around again? No. Moving your hand or something? I was touching my pop socket again. Don't t- put it away, bud. I am. I'm putting it. I'm throwing it over the couch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And I think this is great. And I think I just feel like Tony, I don't want Tony to be caught up in drama. She's yeah. so chill. And Cheryl is so filled with drama. I love both of them separately. And um, I think that they could be a really great um, couple. But I also... Once again, I'm going to keep bringing it up. I can't do this until they talk about what happened with Josie. I can't. Yeah. Whereas, like, I'm willing to, like, go along with this just because I don't know if they'll ever bring that up again. And I'm really excited to see how this, like, how Tony deals with it. Yeah. Because Tony, like, I think it's pretty clear, like, has had past relationships with women. Whereas this would be, like, Cheryl's first, like, grown up one. Yeah. And I think this could be just really, really interesting if they do it properly. And I'm I'm also excited to kind of see Tony in with the drama just because every time yeah. that something dramatic happens, she goes, that's eh, chill. Like, <gasps> Jughead's like, oh my God, there's a conspiracy. We're moving schools. It's ridiculous. And she's like, eh, it's a good school. If I have to take off my jacket, that's fine. Whatever. Like, she's so chill about it. And I'm like kind of excited to see... Like, I love her, so I don't want to see her stressed out, but also, like, what's she like? I want to know. Yeah, like, what's Tony like under pressure? Like, yeah. What are Tony's motivations? Because she hasn't been built up as much as the other characters, and in this episode especially, she was more of a sounding board for Cheryl than she was, like, a fully fleshed out character. Yeah. So I really want to see them have an equal partnership. Mm-hmm. But all in all, like, I'm really excited. I think this is awesome. I think, like, the CW bisexual revolution is a real thing. Yeah, it's great. A- yeah. Asexuality next, please. Thanks. Next, please. Thank you. Um, Thank you. That was the B story, but we clearly cared way more about that than we do about what's going on with the core four here. But let's talk about it now anyway. I care about nothing about the A story, just so we're <laughs> Jughead is in the voiceover talking about how Betty is just like basically waiting to be exposed. She is reading the Greendale Gazette. So it's interesting that her whole family is like into news reporting and they get the Riverdale Register, the Greendale Gazette and the, the what's the other one called? The Blue and Gold? No. Starts with a C, I think. The other town. There's three towns. Riverdale, Greendale and Center... Centerville? No. Where's Where Sabrina from? Greendale? I thought there no, was a third Sabrina's one. from... Hang on. <laughs> Alright, we're idiots. Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh, she lives in a fictional Boston suburb of Westbridge, Massachusetts. No, but it had a name. Where was Grundy living? Where's Ben from? I think it's Centerville. Cent- you think it is Centerville? I don't, I it don't know. It is too! Centerville. Yeah. See? 
I figured it out. Proud of you. Let's go visit Centerville to see. Okay, okay. I knew it started with a C. Okay. So I'm interested to know what the name of the Centerville paper is. Thank you. The story that Betty is reading is about a dog, a poodle who was lost for eight whole years. Robin, did you read that entire article? Robin, did you read that entire article? I sure did. I sure did. It was a prop, but I read it. Was it wasn't it that interesting. Okay. It was about this dog. And they lost the dog, and her name was Lucy. She was a poodle. And they lost the dog while they were, like, camping, this family or whatever. And then, eight years later, she showed up on their front porch. And I'm like, how old was your dog originally? This is an old dog. Anyway, this does not matter at all, but I just want to shout out the fact that it has the number eight in it and also the word lost in the title. And I don't think that they did that on purpose, but if they did... I see you. I truly don't think that's it on purpose. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I just wanted to bring it up just in case. Okay. Okay. Um, so we have a whole heckin' montage, basically, of Chick being like, here I am creepily eating cereal. Here I am creepily drinking orange juice. Here I am creepily waving to you. Like, I just think, like, they must have had so much fun making that montage. Oh, that's a good point. Because <laughs> it's ridiculous. I still don't know whether this is a mislead and Chick is actually a good dude or whether or not or whether he's like actually just the creepiest human who's ever existed. If Chick is a good dude, I don't know how they're going to like recon this creepy stuff he does. Yeah. How is he going to like make sense of this? Because I'm weirded out. But like, where's the Chick story going to go? I have no idea. I have like, like no theories. Oh, all right. I, and I still we still don't know. What exactly happened when they killed that dude? Because we saw no Alice this episode. We saw very little limited FP, but we saw no Alice. Yeah, so Chick is like to Jughead, like, you know. And I'm like, really? Because, like, we don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't even know. I don't know. I think it's cute that she was like, why are you in my shower? And he was like, yours is better. And she's like, oh, sucks. Use your own. It's just more sibling stuff that they're They're going through. They're very sibling-y there. Yeah. But also, like. They do a good job on that. Her, it says better water pressure. That's a really weird excuse. Yeah. I don't think that's true. Why are you in her shower, bud? I think he is trying to encroach on all of her space and slowly take over her life. Hmm. I think ultimately he'd probably like to replace Betty. And I think we need to talk a little bit more about this once we've seen the trailer, because I think there was something about this in the trailer. Yeah. For next episode. So uh, Hiram and Hermione, we're going to go to the cabin, but he's like, oh, now we can't. So you guys should go. You can bring your friends and Andre will be there. And she's like, no, no, Andre. I don't know why she doesn't assume that her dad's just going to make Andre stay anyway, which he does. But also, you know what my mom would never let me do? Go up Mm. to a vacation home as a teenager by myself with my friends. True. As a teenager. No, no, no. Like friendly reminder that these kids are like 16. How did they get into town? I don't even know. They probably drove because these kids can inexplicably drive. But it was Andre's car that they went with. I guess they maybe walked. Uh, Or they got a taxi. Does a taxi work? I don't know. Either way. So Hiram's like, "Mm, Archie, can I talk to you? Um, So Andre's totally going to be there and we're just going to go over her head. So like, don't tell anybody because we're going to hang out with the mobsters here. Chill. And Archie's like, cool. Like, okay, neat. Hiram's doing criminal things that could put Ronnie in danger. And he doesn't stop to think, maybe I shouldn't do this. He's like, as long as I'm by her side, she won't get hurt. Stupid. Stupid. FP's looking for a new house. And he's like, oh, none of us should have to move. Which, fair. And Jughead's like, Hiram's planning something bad. 
rabble, rabble, rabble. I am going to make your issue about me. (laughs) I am uncomfortable when this is not about me. What's the exact quote? I am feel uncomfortable when we are not about me. Yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah, That's Jughead's entire existence at this point. Um, so Veronica's like, guys, we should go to our thing. It's it's called Shadow Lake. Did I Google Shadow Lake? I sure did. And Shadow Lake Lodge is in Banff. Oh. Fun facts. That's a nice coincidence. I've been to Banff. I've been there. Is it a shout out? I don't know, but cool. I think it's just supposed to sound eerie. Yeah, true. Shadow Lake. Just <laughs> Riverdale, but call it Shadow Lake. Means the same thing. Um, so Bughead's like, yeah, totally we'll come, sure. And then Cheryl comes in and she's like, ooh, I want to come. Which, fair. And they but go, also, oh, it's just for romantic couples. Like, don't invite yourself out to other people's stuff that's weird. That's true, but it is definitely something Cheryl would do. Like, that's very in character for her. Very true. And so she's like, oh, actually, it's um, a couple's retreat, so you can't come. And Cheryl's like, okay, thanks for rubbing it in. Bye. I'm always confused whether or not, like, in any given episode, Cheryl's, like, relationship status with that group changes. Every time. Yeah. Are we forgetting that Archie literally, like, saved Cheryl's life by by breaking his hand? And then went to beat the crap out of her assault, like, slash attempted rapist. Yeah. And got her money. Like, if I was Cheryl, I'd be much more friendly to Archie than she is. Yeah, it's really confusing. Hmm. But Betty's like, Jughead, I'm suspicious of you. And he's like, oh, true. You should be because <laughs> I'm here to get in- intel on your best friend. She's like, can I'm you never- not? He's like, I'm, I'm just here to use everyone around me in yeah. ways that serve my agenda. And she's like, please, I just want to escape from Chick. He's so weird and creepy. And he's like, okay, I promise. Completely just doesn't listen to his promise, but okay. I feel like a promise from Jughead is just... Um- Empty? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good adjective for it. Yeah. Um, so Jughead meets Chick. Friends, hello, is Robin from the future. We forgot to mention something super, super important that I had to bring up. If our super canon, super plausible theory is correct, Jughead and Chick meeting each other for the first time is the first time that they're meeting their half-brother. Isn't that amazing? I just think it's something we should talk about. Okay, thank you. Go back to the podcast. And he, like, works at the Bijou. He's wearing his uniform that he got from, like, getting with Ben or something. And Jughead's like, oh, you work at the Bijou? Which is, like, Jughead's favorite place. So he's like, nowhere's safe. Cool. Yeah. (laughs) I can no longer escape any of the weirdness. I actually really loved this scene because he's like, you're Betty's boyfriend. And he goes, guilty. And he's like, oof. (laughs) Bad word choice. Um, I mean, yep, that's me. (laughs) I love the weird chemistry they have where like I love it. it it's so funny. It's awkward, it's weird, it's uncomfortable, it's freaking Listen, hilarious. Uh, hot take. I'm so much more interested in the dynamic between Chick and literally everyone else than I am about Bughead and Varchi. And that's the tea. Yep. I just I would like to know like if we could have an episode all about like Chick's backstory, I would like to know. But I wanted to also involve Alice. Yes, exactly, of course, yeah. of course. Like a flashback with young Alice. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so he's like, oh, you know about what happened. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I won't tell. And he basically like threatens Betty and Alice. And Jughead's like, yeah. what the heck? So they're not safe in that house. No. And yet so Jughead, Jughead says- talking to her at the end, like totally warranted. But Jughead says nothing and leaves with Betty and leaves Alice alone with him. Wow. Those are some priorities, huh? What a neat thing to do. 
Wow, cool. And like, as far as Jughead knows, like, Chick or Alice could have been the one to kill that guy. Chick could be capable of that. Oh, yeah, I guess Alice is low-key, like, yeah, Alice can protect herself, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, they leave, and they're on this, like, long road, which I think is very reminiscent of, like, the pilot episode. Mm -hmm. Like, the very first beginning with, like, Jason and Cheryl down that long road. Mm -hmm. Something that I would like to point out that literally no one else cares about except for me, which is a theme for our podcasts, Mm -hmm. there's smoke coming out of the chimney. And I'm like, who's in there? It's really unsafe to have a fire burning when no one's there. Why do you notice these things? Because because I was raised by my grandfather and um, he would literally, before we left his house every single time, he would look up and say, make sure there's no fire on the roof. Okay. I'm literally not kidding. Fair enough. Before we leave, make sure there is no fire on the roof. And so when I see that, I see the the chimney and I'm just like, I know fire safety. Well, you know Uh -uh. what? Sometimes fire safety gets thrown away for the drama and the aesthetic. Yeah. That's just the way it is. So for some reason, Veronica has flowers. Is she just going to like put it in in a a vase? Sure. Why not? For some reason. Okay. That's fine. Andre's like, oh, let me help you with your bags. And she's like, no, no, no. You don't have to do that. Archie will do it. Okay. Is Archie just her lap dog at this point? I don't know. I kind of feel bad for it. I didn't expect this, but I kind of feel bad for Archie. No. He's been tricked into so many things. He's a gullible man. He gets manipulated by every single lodge. Yeah. Like, there there seems to be a lot of bags. Like, can Archie, like, instead of being like, no, Andre, you take a break. Archie will do everything. Be like, oh, thank you, Andre. Also, Archie will help you. Um, but also, these, were these kids raised by animals? Take your own bags. Yes. (laughs) You all, they're all useless. Like, even Betty and Jughead. Jughead just has no manners. Yeah, that's true. But like Betty has manners. She should take like, oh my God. I just, yeah. these kids are so friggin' spoiled. If my mom learned that I went somewhere and made someone else carry my stuff, she would be so mad. Yep. So Archie notices that Andre has a gun, which I didn't notice the first time I watched it. And that's probably because I was like tweeting or something. <laughs> but yeah, they get inside and she calls it Lodge Lodge. And I'm like, thank Thank you. Finally, someone will make this joke. Thank you. That is the only part of this plot I enjoyed. Yeah. The joke. And so Cheryl, Cheryl calls Jughead and is just like, oh, by the way, Betty and Archie kissed. Okay, bye. I love a petty woman. I love it. It's so petty. And Jughead's like, oh. It's so petty. I can't defend it, but I love it. Yeah. And so, you know, Jughead's pissed. And so then later, Archie and Veronica are talking and they're saying, oh no, like, are they going to break up like heckin' again? And she's like, Archie, thank you for telling me beforehand so I didn't have to be, like, surprised by Cheryl calling me or whatever. And I was like, you know what? Shout out. That was the decent thing to do. That is a shout out. That was good. That was a good thing to do. But I do have a question. Hmm. Why didn't Cheryl also call Veronica? I think because you only needed to tell one. They were all in the same place. That's true. Because if she had called Veronica, Veronica would have been like, um, Archie, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah. And if she called Jughead, Jughead would have been like, I have an announcement. Jughead's the drama I feel anger this day. (laughs) Something has negatively affected me and I need to push it on everyone else. I need everyone to know the anger I feel. So yeah, never mind. That makes sense. Yeah. I was just like, how does she know that Veronica knows? But no. We know. We do. I just like care so little about this plotline. I'm like, teenagers having sex with each other. Nothing happens. Yeah. Let's just get through it. Womp, 
Womp. So, um, yeah, they start making out. And then we go to Bughead and he's like, do you want the top or bottom drawer? Oh, we're mad at each other. And he's like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But he's like wondering why she didn't tell him about this when he was talking about how he had like kind of fooled around a little bit with Tony. Fair. It's a fair question. Fair question. I remember when that happened, we were just like, why aren't you telling him? Yep. Because and I think what we came up with was that she was like trying to seem like she was better than him or that she was like more innocent or whatever. Yep. Or she um, really wanted to bury it. And I yeah. mean, Cooper's repressed something like no other people on the planet. True. And so he's like, yeah, like you and Archie grew up together and you're like windows literally face each other. But, you know, it doesn't really bother me anymore. But also I want to point out like if... If my mom was Alice Cooper, which she's not, but if she was, she would have been like, um, your room does not face this boy's room. You're moving. Oh my God. You're moving to a different room. But I mean, who cares when they're kids? I guess that's true. Like they were like five. Uh, yeah. And they were best friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then they can like hear Veronica and Archie's bed squeaking Ugh. or whatever. I don't care. Hello, Riverdale. At some point, could you maybe address that these kids are 16 and need to have some kind of sexual health conversation? Thank you so much. And drinking a bunch of alcohol like as well. This show would really benefit from a flash forward where none of them are in high school anymore because the stuff that they yes. do is completely unbelievable. Time jump. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Jughead, this is the only, this is the ace Jughead I found in this episode. Mm-hmm. Was when he was just like, is that the way that they deal with everything? Like, can't they just have a conversation? And I was like, mood. That's my boy. But like mood. There he is. Yep. Is he gone for the rest of the episode? No, he he exists 0% except for in this one moment. Yeah. But um, but he's still there. He was there. <gasps> yeah. So now they all go and they're like, yeah, we're all chill. And she's like, here, I make margaritas for everybody. Let's have a toast. Put the past behind us. Yay. Okay. Yeah, well, whatever. So then Jughead's like asking her a billion questions about her parents. And she's like kind of answering and stuff. And Betty's like, um, hey, we literally had to talk about this. And he's like, everyone's home is like really private. What's up with that? Hmm. And there's like, oh, we, we sense a lot of tension here. Let's all go into the hot tub. Do you want to talk about um, Veronica's outfit? Oh my God, Veronica's cape. Are you kidding me? I want five of them. <laughs> Literally, it was cute. The best part of that scene was when Ronnie entered with a black and white cape, like some kind of like Cruella de Vil fantasy. So Jughead and Veronica do the kiss thing and Archie's really pissed off. Uh, okay, here's the thing that annoyed me the most in this entire... That was the ugliest kiss I've ever seen, by the way. It was very uncomfortable, but also the part that annoyed me the most about this entire episode... Mm. That he, oh, he called it Vughead, <laughs> which is even worse than Bughead. And if they took three seconds to go on Tumblr, they would know it's called Geronica. Bughead. Ew. This, this show has the worst ship names of all time. That's worse than Bughead, am I wrong? No, it's it's worse. It's called Geronica, which is so much better. Better. But it's still not good. Still not good, but better. Oh, boy. That kiss was just anyway, like, that was I was watching that and I was like, I'm uncomfortable with the lack of chemistry here. I'm like just as uncomfortable with as Betty is. And she's like, yeah. Rrr. And like, he yeah. didn't even kiss her back. So it was basically just her kissing him and him standing there. <gasps> it was weird. And I was like, this is weird. I don't want to watch this anymore. No. And also, if you really wanted um, to level the playing field, Juggy and Archie should be kissing too. Oh, uh, I literally was thinking like, what? Just do it. 
We don't care. Everything, like, that's the yeah. thing is it's just like, girls kiss. Yeah, they're friends. Girls do that all the time. But if two dudes kiss, they're just like, ah, no homo. We're too masculine. Exactly. Just do it. And this episode, do it like, once. And they, Everyone knows you're heckin' straight. Just do it. And then they have them bring it up. And it's like, oh, well, haha, we're not going to do that. And I was like, just because you bring up something and then, like, make a joke about it doesn't mean you get away with it. Now I want this. I don't ship them in the slightest, but now I want them to do it just so that they could do it. Yep. Do I don't care. One peck and you're done. Just so you can be like, lol, level the playing field. Merp. Like the level of heterosexuality in this plot line versus Cheryl's plot line is very confusing to me. They're like, this plot line was really gay. Let's balance it out. Like these kids have the straightest problems I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Jughead is reading in the bed and and um, they're talking about how Betty and Veronica kissed and they're like, oh, what? And I'm like, dude, you wrote you wrote chapter one. You know what happened. But I like that. Like, she doesn't explain it. And Jughead's like, oh, yeah, I can't really explain that either. And it's like, because no one wants to say that the show did it to queer bait people. I loved that moment where he was just like, yeah, I don't really get it. I'm like, no one does. He's like, no one does because they, it was queer baiting, you fools. But she's like, did you like kissing Veronica? Because if you did, I'm going to have to punish you. And she wears her weird costume and it's weird. I just, this girl is too young to have this many f***ed up things going on with her. Yeah, yeah. Like, psychologically, Betty should be a mess. Yeah. Holly is better off than Betty is. Yeah. And she's in a cult. Yeah. How is she? I want to know about the kids anyway. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to know anything about Polly. I do not care. I do. I want them to have a flash forward so those kids can be like seven. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and then he can be like, yeah, my name's Dagwood. Like, please tell me what his nickname is, because it's not going to go by Dagwood. I hope it's Dag. Ew, no. Woody. No. <laughs> There's no good nickname option here. Um, he's going to have to make up something completely different. So now we have Archie doing push-ups, and he's like, I'm doing my daily workout. I'm like, which is 20 push-ups, and then that's it. 20 push-ups can be a workout. Yeah. I guess. And then Veronica's like, well, we could do other things. I'm like, you guys already had sex today. It's just... Also, you're teenagers. You need to have it twice in one day? You're teenagers. I understand that no. teenagers are like, there's a lot of hormones going on, but did, why is this show doing this? I don't know. It's oh, very uncomfortable. And he's like, no, 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 I'm tired. Like, whatever. And I'm like, well, okay, chill. And then they hear the bug head squeaking going on. And I'm like, ugh. ugh. No, thank you. Ugh. Ugh, I don't want any of this. No. Uh, no. Do, how do adults, grown adults, TV writers... How do they write this and think, yeah, this is entertaining slash there's nothing wrong with this? This is how teens are. Like, no one gets old enough to really forget what you're like as a teenager. You always remember what yeah. you're like as a teenager. Yeah. How do how do grown adults write this? I was I was super ace, but I didn't know what ace was, so I just thought I was dumb. <laughs> well, I just thought I thought everyone was overreacting and then I and I thought I was the innocent one. You are the innocent one. I am the innocent one, but I realize there's a scientific reason. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I'm just continually surprised that grown people can write these plot lines with these teenagers. Yeah. Oh, Jughead reads. Right. I wrote down what he read. I found out what he read. Veronica was reading too, but I didn't, I couldn't catch the, what the cover was. Um, but what Jughead was reading was what we talk about when we talk about love by Raymond Carver. It's a 
um, collection of short stories. And I checked the Wikipedia and the main short story, which was called what we talk about when we talk about love was about four friends, like sitting and having a conversation. So that makes sense. All right. So Veronica's having her morning coffee and she's watching Archie Chopwood like you, yes, do, you do, I guess. And he gets a call and it's Andre and Veronica finds them and she's really mad and she's like, you're a bad ninja, Andre. And then, you know, everyone needs to have space and they're sad. I mean, I just really wish men would stop thinking they know what's best for Veronica when clearly she could take care of herself. Yeah. I mean, she's the one that saves them. Yep. So Jughead and Archie are having their bro talk and and he's like, oh, Betty and Veronica kiss. Like, we're just going to keep talking about this, I guess. And um, he's like, yeah, I don't know. So then Archie apologizes and everything. He's like, oh, it's okay. Like, this is a really complicated thing we have. And like, if one thing happens, then we could all blow up and everything's bad. And I'm like, oh, foreshadowing. All righty. Okay. So Betty and Veronica are in town. They're at the store. And there are these dudes outside the store, which I'm thinking are probably the dudes who are like the accomplices of this Cassidy man. Yeah, the lackeys. And um, so Betty and Veronica are just like out talking about Bughead having sex in this store. You know. Because why not? Because teenagers wouldn't be whispering about these things. I guess. And so she's like, oh, do you have the scones? And he's like, no, those are only in the summer. Hey, I recognize you. And she's, oh, Veronica. She's literally saying... Oh, yes, I am usually here with my family, but they're not here. They're in Riverdale. You're like, oh, I'm a teen. Why would you give all this information away? When you are home alone as a child you don't tell and people. someone comes to the door, you say, oh, my mom's in the shower yeah. or oh, my dad's having a nap. Yeah. You don't say, oh, yeah, my parents aren't here. I'm alone. Come rob me. Ronnie clearly never had that lesson. I mean, that makes sense. Usually as a bodyguard, right? Yep. So he's like, oh, yeah, that's a hick town, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, ha, ha, yeah. And Betty's like, I live there. So she starts flirting with this guy, and his name is Cassidy. And I think (laughs) it's – I know – Two male Cassidy's. One Cassidy actually goes by Cassidy. And the other one is my cousin. And he just goes by Cass. And if you call him Cassidy, he's like, why am I in trouble? Well, yeah. If someone says your full name, that's not, that's a bad sign. And then I mostly know female Cassidy's. So when he said, my name's Cassidy, I was like, you're going to go by Cassidy? Okay, I support you. Oh my God. (laughs) I was like, oh, that's a power move. (laughs) (laughs) To go by your full name? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, like, just because Cassidy is, like, traditionally at this point, no, like, thought of as a female name. So that's why he always goes by Cass. That's true. But, Also, yeah. who cares? Um, Gender is a construct. Tear it apart. Exactly. So then Betty's just like, yeah, I wore a costume and we did it. That's great. Did anyone bring like, condoms? Okay. Why didn't they at least buy condoms? Did anyone bring condoms? They should have bought condoms at the store. There should have been an uncomfortable conversation about it. I'm not going to pretend to know a lot about sex. I'm ace, but I do know that you need to practice safe sex. Yep. And they're not. Nope. I don't care. Like, if they're... <sighs> Go ahead. Do it. I don't give a crap at this point. But please, like, if you're going to do it so often, at least bring up the fact that you are having safe sex. Yeah, especially when you're broadcasting to a teen audience. Exactly. So Jughead and Archie were playing cards and then they come back and Veronica's like, I'm not mad, but here's what you need to know. It's me and you. It's not you and my dad. Okay. Oh, man, I'd watch that. Yeah. (laughs) If Archie finally came in, Archie, like, finally, like turns 18 and can have like a consenting relationship with someone into it so jughead gets a phone call and i love this moment where betty's like yeah just tell cheryl that everyone kissed it's fine i'm like not everyone yeah 
You big fat liars. Yeah. Also, Cheryl should kiss all of them. Yeah. yeah. Except Jughead. Sure. And Archie. I mean, so she's basically, already Cheryl should Archie. just kiss the, gr- kiss the girls. She's already ki- kissed Archie. Well, I blocked that out, didn't I? <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah, I think that's all she's kissed. Okay, so she needs to kiss Betty and Veronica. Thank you. Thank you for coming okay. to my TED Talk. So it's FP. I'm done with the podcast. And they're having now. a party. It's FP and they're having a party. Um, Why wasn't Alice invited to that party? Very pissed. Not pleased. I'm like... That was the part of the episode that really I cared the most about. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, Hiram bought the park. Yay. And all the extras are like, yay. And he's like, I'm talking very loudly. But in reality, when we're shooting this, there is no music. My favorite part is there's this one bored woman at the back who like very unenthusiastically like raises her glass about an inch when they cheer. And I'm like, I'm you. I noticed her too. I noticed her too. I loved her. And so Jughead is so, so, so mad. And he's like, your dad's buying the whole South Side. He's trying to buy our silence. And Archie's like, it sounds like he's trying to make amends, which is what you wanted, question mark. I know that you love conspiracies. And I'm like, that's an understatement. These kids are the epitome of like what current political debates are like. Everyone's got a different side. They're all extreme. There's no one in the middle. And everyone's shouting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're playing Monopoly. Veronica has a hotel at Park Place because, of course, she, of course does. she does. Ooh, now I want to go back and look at what they all got and everything and, like, what do you- No, Robin. <laughs> Just to see the symbolism, but also, like, how do I know who's the dog and who's the shoe? <laughs> or whatever. So then Betty gets a call and they're talking about Chick and Jughead's like, yeah, I met him. He was a creepster. Didn't like it. Couldn't. Couldn't really recommend meeting him. Not going to stand. Yeah. <laughs> and so she goes back and she's like, your dad bought the heckin' register. And dad won't answer his calls. Okay, but like, like how uh, Reggie, or Reggie, what? How? What? Oh, I know how I got there. I know how I got there. Are you ready? Ronnie, yes. Ronnie and Archie. Ah, gotcha. Okay, how did they not see that it literally is like him buying up the town to buy everyone silence? What do you mean? Like before now? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that is what he was doing, but I don't think people know about Southside yet. But They don't know about Southside High. They just know about Sodale. Veronica did, and Veronica chose not to tell anyone. True. Wait, did she know about Southside? Yes, she Mm -hmm. did. Didn't she? Uh, sure. Yeah, true. And Veronica's like, no, we're okay. And I'm like, uh, um. Ronnie, you're wrong. We're not being honest. I saw a lot of people on Twitter, like, being like, I'm so done with Veronica. I'm sick of Veronica. And I'm like, Veronica is probably the most complex and interesting character in this group. I would say that Veronica is, like, the character that I relate to most out of the core mm-hmm. four. So, can't relate to hating Veronica. Yeah, Sorry. I don't know how you could hate Veronica when she, like, is in over her head. She doesn't know mm-hmm. what she's doing. She's trying really yep. hard. Like, I think Veronica is fascinating in a way that they're trying to make Betty, but it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jughead's using this and they're all having a huge fight and, and they're talking about how Archie kisses up to Hiram and she's stabbing the Coopers in the back and how Veronica's like, well, it sounds like you should be mad at your dad, not mine, which fair. All they're doing is rehashing their parents' old arguments. Exactly. And she's saying, name one good thing that your dad did. And he's like, he paid my dad's medical bills. And I'm like, that was Veronica. that's to buy you. Yeah. And that was Veronica. She's buying people. Yeah. Yeah, true. Exactly. So then we hear the glass break. There are people with masks coming in and they're like, you have lots of money and we know it. Here, we have axes. Okay, you know what cracked me up about this plot line? Yes. They were like, I would these like to four know. teenagers are so uninteresting with their relationship drama that one, we have to add in the conflict with the adults in order to get anything done. And two, right? why not just throw an armed gunman in there? Eh, 
Sure. You're like, oh, weapons. Like, this plot isn't working. You know what we should do? Have someone rob them. Yay. Sure. Um, that reminds me of when they were like, oh, we need Chick to get in their house. Stab. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Right. Sure. And so she's like, yeah, my purse is in my bedroom. And Archie's like, I'll go. And Veronica's like, no, no, I'll go. And at first you think, oh, she's being so brave. And then you realize it's because she knows where the button is. She's brave and she's smart. She's so good. She should be the president. Can can recommend Veronica. And so she's like, you think I don't recognize you? And and Archie's like, okay, so now you have everything that you wanted. And he goes, not everything I wanted. And like, sorry, I had to mess up your nice house or whatever. Was this dude about to actually murder them? I mean, I feel like he's watched way too many movies and really thought that he was like hot I'm literally so confused about this dude's motives. I don't know. Like, honestly, I get it. Like, this is your moment where you can, like, go and, like, uh, take advantage of these people who, like, I don't know, I'm making things up at this point. Like, (laughs) that's okay. The show is, too. We're mean to you or, like, we're, like, mean to you or, like, had repressed, like, oppressed the other people who live in the little town thing. And they're, like, oh, we're so much better than you, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. Like, this is your moment to have revenge. But, like, you don't gotta kill nobody. And the other guys in his entourage were like, Cassidy, let's not. Like, um, this is too far. Yeah, this is a this isn't what I signed up for. And so he's like, get on your knees. And of course, Archie's triggered at this point. <laughs> and she then <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm laughing. I'm laughing because that word has become a parody, but psychologically, that is exactly what happened, Archie. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, there are alarms now. The guards are coming, LOL. And so then they start to run away and the dude steals the necklace that Archie gave Veronica for Christmas. And Archie's like, uh-uh, honey. But also, what is he going to do with that necklace? Yeah, was he just like trying to one-up them one last yeah, time? I don't know. Like a teenager bought it. So yeah, he runs after him and he catches him and then Andre shows up and he's like, I got it, Archie. And Archie's like, don't buy. And then he walks away. And then he shoots the guy. Andre, why? Um, how did Archie not see that coming? Andre was also, like, I'll take care of it. And I'm like, whoa, that guy's dead. I thought he was going to be like, here you go, police. <laughs> what? But no. no. <laughs> why Why did he kill that man? Why? Because he threatened Veronica. I guess. Andre's ride or die. And he was hired to do a certain thing. And that's to protect Veronica at all costs. Where's Smithers? And then Hiram will reward him handsomely. Yeah. Ugh, okay. So they're all at Pops and Veronica's like, oh, thank goodness you didn't catch up to him, Archie. And Archie's like, yeah, thank goodness. And then they all have their hands in the middle and you're like, oh, great. The core four are friends. So Archie's with Hiram and he's like, okay, so like, did that mess you up? <laughs> are you okay? Archie's like, oh. Um. And Archie's like, I got messed up last year. I, did, I can handle it. Yeah, whatever. Okay, I have a question about this. Archie's felt something in years. I regret letting the Black Hood go. Like, I had him and I hesitated. And I'm like, literally episodes ago, you said that you didn't have the right guy. Like, where, where, I don't, where is this? I don't know. When's the Black Hood coming back? Because I will stand by the fact that Svensson was not the Black Hood. They keep bringing up that they caught the wrong Black Hood. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? And now they're like, never mind. Like, what's going on? I don't, I think the writers can't decide if the Black Hood thing's coming back or not. But I'm sure it's going to be like. It has to be. It's going to be an unsatisfying season finale twist. Oh, that they're going to be like, also the Black Hood's alive. It's season three's whole plot line as well. Probably. Eh. Or the Black Hood's alive and he's Hal and then Hal's done. Right. (laughs) Could you imagine? Oh boy. And then she falls into, Alice falls into FP's arms. <gasps> so he like gives her, Ver- gives him Veronica's necklace back. And my thing is like, how are you going to give this back to Veronica 
while still being like, I don't know, I didn't catch up with him. So I don't know how I got this. Robin, that requires critical thinking. Oh, you're right. You're right. Don't, that's not don't be that's silly. what this podcast is for, but not for the show. <laughs> don't be, remember, we're, we're this this show legitimately had us try and believe for many episodes that Maple was a profitable business. True. So. Um, and then lastly, Jughead's talking about how there are more than one types of home invasion and just to be careful about Chick because he's creepy as heck. And I'm like, true, true. Not foreshadowing That's at it. all. That's the podcast. We did it. I did not like I'm that episode. Grab the trailer. I'm going to be straight with you. Don't tell me why. I just didn't enjoy it. Oh, there were, there were, I would say there are some things that were like, okay, but there were a lot of things that I was like, I don't know. It's just like, not a lot of it actually made a whole lot of sense. Huh? Whereas other, I think that's probably the worst episode of the season because other episodes have been much more coherent Mm. and interesting. Anyway. So now it's time for our segments. My first segment is called Asexual Jughead? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. (laughs) Who cares at this point? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. That's it. Good. And my segment is Jed Jughead eat a burger? No. Kevin almost did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did anyone eat a burger is the new segment. (laughs) Um, uh, my next segment is, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? Like, no, like not at all. Not even a little. Like sometimes, you know, Hal will do something and we'll be like, ooh, Ooh. Hal's pissed because Alice is with FP or whatever. But like, not at all in this episode. And you know what? You're right. I don't like it either. I boot this episode. (laughs) I'm giving it a boot. It's a boot. I'm giving it a boot. Last episode two, this episode boot. Mm Mm-hmm. And now it's time for our best line award. So my best line award goes to Veronica for... Welcome to what I humbly like to call... Lodge, lodge. Lodge, lodge. Lodge, lodge. Lodge, lodge. And mine also goes to Ronnie for... Oh, and try not to choke on your own testosterone while you're at it. And I stole that from Robin, so thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. I also like her line where she's just like, oh man, did I insult your masculinity? Well, sorry. I like that she'll call those things out so the show can be like, look, we're woke. No, you're not. Yeah. (laughs) You're just getting away with stuff. Uh, Now it's time for our trailer reaction. Oh my god. Three, two, one, play. Play. Righty. Eerie's promo. Inner circle is feeding oh no, I can't hear anything. What you're telling me is true. Oh, Jackie has adventure. a mole. What is going on in here? Wasn't it better when I was just Okay. <gasps> Wait, hold on. Oh my god. Yeah, that's right. Oh. I said inbred. Oh my god, Alice is starting. There's so much. No madness. Oh, well, Polly's back. Yeah. If my dad ever found out you snitched, do you know what he would do to you? Wait, who did you snitch on? I don't know. I, I can't. I'm not able to, like, hear that one very well. Sometimes I can hear it. Sometimes I can't. But I want to go frame by frame now because there was a lot going on in that one. Yeah, there's some kind of, I'm guessing it's like the baby's christening or something. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Alice with babies. <laughs> oh, my God, Brittany. What? Six seconds in, we okay. see... Jughead's freaking bored about like all of his like crime and like how he's trying to figure things out like his clue board or whatever and he spelled Hermione wrong Hermione wrong what an idiot (laughs) oh my god H-E-R-M-I-O-N-Y hello this man has read Harry Potter I'm offended he's a writer I'm offended that's upsetting to me okay what's else okay also Fred is um back. cheryl's mom does she is, is cheryl just not allowed to even have female friends i don't know i dislike it also Fred i don't like back. the way chick is eyeing those babies Ooh, he's gonna eat them um there's something going on in the state of denmark no what are this looks like some kind of like funeral 
Okay. Cheryl's in black. Okay, hold please. I'm not that far. Okay, Polly and her babies are here. Yes. Chick is a creepy dude. Chick is now cutting out Polly because at first, like, you know, he didn't care because Polly wasn't around, but now he's just like, now that Polly's here. And you know who's next in that picture? Betty. Yep. Hmm. Oh, maybe this is how they do christenings. Why is Hal there? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just thinking. Who's this other man in the corner as well? I like Thank you. Thank you for bringing back Nana Rose, though. Oh my gosh, Nana Rose has a dope ass wheelchair. Yes, she does. That's heckin' cool. Why are you there, Hal? I oh. like that her, her, uh, Alice is there, not in black, and it's just like, I'm going to screw all of this up for you. Yeah, it seems that Alice is also there. I'm wearing pink. I don't give a crap. Shankshaw State Prison. Who are they here to see? Who is that man? I don't know, but FP and Jughead are here to see him. An Archie shirtless again. Chick is holding Dagwood. And someone has a knife. Jughead is interviewing Pop for some reason. Cheryl is crying, but she's not wearing a shirt. Hiram, something about a knife. Cool. I'm going to have to listen to what they're actually saying afterward because I don't really remember, but weird. <sighs> All righty. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of The 100, we like to talk about that show too. We covered all of season four. And you know, at some point in the next century, we will cover season five. Next month. Almost, yeah, like, you know, a month and a half from now. Uh, If you're a fan of Lost, which you should be at this point, um, we like to talk about that show too. We are all done season one, um, which is amazing. Like, I I I don't know. I always knew we would get here eventually, but I didn't know how long it was going to take. It only really took us a year, and that's pretty amazing. And so... That's 26 podcasts. This is a really great time for you as a person who is listening to this to binge watch season one and then binge listen to our podcasts. It's good stuff. It is good stuff. Get her done. You can follow The Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Redbubble, YouTube, and, you know, like, honestly, Google yeah, most places. Just, we got we yeah. got an Instagram now. We, oh, yeah. We have an Instagram that we don't use yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we don't really have much to put on there at this point, but uh, there are there is a thing on there. Yeah. So feel free to follow us. Um, creep on us. Obsess over it. Um, send us hate <laughs> mail because I, I, I should be taking down a couple pigs. You you thrive under hate mail, actually. I'm surprised. I'm amazed by yeah. you. Yeah. I don't cry at all. Yeah, me, I'm just like, okay, soft block, and that's it. Um, <laughs> uh, our Patreon is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating. It's so expensive to run three podcasts, especially. And if we get some more money, um, potentially we can start doing another podcast, which we would love to do. So please consider donating. Thank you. And if you do, like, we just love you so much. And if you don't, we still love you. You listen to our crap. Yes. If you um, donate to us, then you get a postcard from us every year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. The next episode that we are covering is 215, There Will Be Blood. And it is a 2007 American drama film about uh, a man who's on a quest for wealth during the oil boom. So not sure how that's... You would not like that movie. Yeah, not not sure how that's relevant, but that's too, that's cool. It's all good. I feel like metaphorical blood's going to be spilled between the Coopers and the Blossoms. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, she's finding metaphors <laughs> late in the game. Okay, love you, bye. Okay, love you, bye.